It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being with us today. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. Thanks for being with us. Here with me in the KFG studio, certified financial planner and my business partner, Josh Gregory. And again, joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, certified financial planner and founder of Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn. You know, going through a divorce can be very painful, both emotionally and relationally, but it also turns your financial life just totally upside down. Mm. And sadly, we've had the experience of helping people navigate the financial transitions that divorce causes. And we're going to share our insights to help those of you who may be in this tough spot today. This topic and listener questions on this hour of Wise Money. Yeah, that's right. If you have questions, reach out to us. You can do so a few different ways. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, you can check us out there and submit a question. Just search wisemoneyradio.com. And then lastly, all over social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Yep. Uh, just search Wise Money Show, and I'd encourage you to subscribe to that and, and follow us there. But you can submit questions there as well. Okay, so we are in the second week of our series about being suddenly single and some of the financial decisions that you need to make and what financially those transitions will look like. And Last week, we talked about being suddenly single because of the death of your spouse, which is just emotional. And today's topic is, is no less emotional. And there's certainly some, um, just some big decisions that you need to make. And, and that is finding yourself suddenly single due to a, a divorce. So when you're in that situation, once again, there's some really big, big financial decisions that you need to make. Let's start talking about some of those early decisions that you need to be aware of? Well, in my mind, the really big early decision is actually maybe just a series of small ones. It's making sure that when, uh, you know, your your household is being split in two all of a sudden, all the things, all the foundation that had been in place is being disrupted. And so you need to stabilize things. You need to put in place your five most basic needs first so that you can now have a base to operate on. I'm talking about basic housing, basic transportation, basic food, basic clothing, and basic health care. Those five things are the basis of any new budget or new cash flow plan that you're going to have. And the reason I kept saying basic is because sometimes the temptation is to have more than you even really need as you're setting up your kind of new life moving forward. Maybe you're trying to replicate what you once had together with your former spouse. And instead, I think making sure that you've got your needs covered and start to get a feel for your new cash flow position so that you know what kind of money is going to be available to start building towards the future, maybe even um, kind of digging your way out of a frequent hole that is often created during the divorce process, unfortunately. Yeah, I think one of the decisions, the, the, the most important decisions you need to make is the decision to grieve 
and really, really tackle that work. Um, because as you do the, if, as you work yourself through the grieving process and you get healthier uh, emotionally, you will be able to make better decisions. And so as you're working through the grieving process, one of the things that I've often seen is people say, listen, I was married and things were this way. Now I'm going to be divorced and things are going to be the exact same way. And if you're, if you're trying to hold on to the exact same picture, one of the risks is financially, it's not sustainable. And I've seen people's, people respond out of pain or other, other things that they're experiencing and say, no, it's going to be the exact same way. No, we, together we had enough income to fully educate our children. I'm going to fully educate them, even if that means I'm, I'm taking out excessive student loans that um, won't get paid or film. There, there's all kinds of different decisions that when, when you are emotionally raw, it's, it's, it's very hard to make really great decisions. So the, the more you're willing to dive into the work of, of grieving and working through that process, the better position you're going to be in when it's time to sit down with your financial planner who is certified and work through, okay, now I have to build a new budget. Well, the, the, the way it used to be isn't the way it's going to be. Now I have to do something different with my housing. The way it used to be might not be the way it's going to be. And there are a whole host of these issues that you're going to have to w walk through in every, in every scenario where you say it's not going to be the way it was before it can feel like, well, wait a minute, I just pulled the scab off and, and the wound is raw all over again. Um, so part of the process is making sure you're working with someone who has the kind of the right um, EQ, em emotional ability to walk you through these things and to kind of enter into it and hurt with you, but get you to a better place uh, financially, especially. That's good stuff, Kevin. Yeah, that's, I, awesome. that's why I'm glad again that there's three of us doing this show because uh, th those those were that was helpful for me to hear. And I even think about uh, making sure, just like last week, one of the first early de early decisions that you need to make is who's your CFO. And if you and your spouse had one, and then you're going through a divorce, I mean, we've been part of that awkward situation. Can you serve both of us separately? And that's where I would. I, I mean, there's a benefit of working with a, a, a team of financial professionals because often um, no one wants to be in a conflicted situation. And even in a, in a healthy separation and a cordial separation, um, it is, can be helpful to have different financial advisors working with each of the individuals um, to have a smooth transition. And so um, that, was very, that was very helpful. I, I, I think of one that I just want to point one out that Josh mentioned sort of in passing, and that's health insurance. You, you listed that as one of the basic needs, but I just want to emphasize that as one of the really, really big decisions that people need to make when you're going through this is how will I be covered for, for health purposes, for health insurance? And sometimes there's COBRA there that can extend even longer than if you were just retired. Most times you think of COBRA, that's an 18-month um, extension. With a divorce, it can be longer than that. 
Um, but also, if your income has changed, we already talked about in last week's episode of Suddenly Single that Cobra can be pretty expensive. Um, your income change might all of a sudden make it a better idea for you to look to the marketplace and get some premium tax credit. So figuring out your health insurance is a big one. And then like Josh said, the budget. I, I had some clients who I'd served for over 10 years share with me uh, the bad news early this year that they were separating and getting a divorce. And it's hard. I mean, the first thing I said is, are you sure? Like, have you guys done everything? Yeah, listen, I'm a prayer. I'm going to keep praying that you guys can reconcile. And as the year went on, they, they did uh, ultimately get a divorce. And that was the first thing. And it was hard. But if you don't have a, a, a certified financial planner in your life who's kind of pushing you and, and, and holding up the mirror of reality, like Kevin mentioned, that, hey, things are different. And I love you and I want the best for you, but things are different. And, and we've got to have a different approach now. Um, you're going to, you know, if you don't have that, you're, you really need that. You know, when, when you're starting over, so to speak, after a divorce, in a way, you're kind of going back to the very beginning of building a new foundation and putting all new habits in place, new elements of your financial plan. And so much of what we're going to talk about on this show for those who are starting over really still applies to those who are just getting started for the very first time as well. That's true. And, uh, you know, you mentioned things like putting a budget in place. A budget is one of those financial disciplines that provides a foundation for all the other areas of your financial life. You're not going to achieve great things for your future if you haven't found a way to to create available cash flow. Yeah. There, there needs to be margin in your life. And that's true whether you are starting over after divorce or just beginning, you know, the at the very start of your career, for example. The obvious one here, the decision that needs to be made, and we'll pick up more on this one, is, of course, assets would need to be split. And you need to look at that, hopefully with an attorney. And again, hopefully, if you're in this tough situation, you've done everything you can to restore. But if not, then it's an amicable um, situ- situation and you guys can discuss the asset splitting. So that, and then and then what areas of your financial life are most impacted? I want to tell you uh, about about Ron, a situation that he went through recently and, and how the certain areas of his financial life were impacted. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Financially, if you go through a divorce, um, it's your financial life gets turned upside down and all sorts of change. And often it's like starting over financially. What are the key decisions that you need to make? What areas of your financial life are most, most impacted? And what are some of the mistakes that we've seen people make financially along the way? that we can help you avoid. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFC studios, Josh Gregory, and then joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, Kevin Corhorn. If you want to uh, grab more content about uh, from the Wise Money Show, I would encourage you to follow us on social media wherever you do your social media in, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, just follow us there. You can submit questions there as well and get updates on all, all of the content that we're pushing out. So thanks, thanks for doing that. All right, we are in the middle of our series about um, being suddenly single. And last week was about the sudden passing of a spouse and how you kind of pick up the pieces financially and, and forge forward. 
is similar situation today. We're talking about the event of of going through a divorce and financially what the ramifications are. We left off on some of the big decisions that you need to make. And, and we talked about budgeting and, and even some bonus content. If you're following on YouTube, we were talking about the importance of that, that it's really a couple different budgets. You've got a budget for where you are right now or maybe where you were when you were married, but then you also need to forecast what the new budget's going to look like, what the new expenses are, what the new income will be, and sort of look ahead when you're doing your budgeting. The other thing that that you really need to do is is work on splitting the assets, which, you know, I would hope there isn't any spitefulness there and that you're you're trying to make things unequal. Let's just assume that you can split it fairly. But those are some of the big decisions you need to make because often those has have tax ramifications to them and then big ramifications as you look about forging forward with your financial life. So let me tell you about Ron as we transition to talking about what areas of your financial life are most impacted. So we started working with Ron a couple of years ago and a couple of years before that, he had gone through a really painful divorce and, and shared that with me and, and Ben DeBach, one of our other advisors here. And he talked about how financially he had made progress. He had been a hard worker and a saver and they'd made progress financially. And it was um, going through the divorce, his financial life, he had to start over. He, as he said, he is basically, it felt like he was starting over and, and things were wiped out. And again, I didn't get into those details. However, he knew the certain areas of, of his financial life that really needed focus. He wasn't working with a financial planner at that time, but he knew, all right, I've got to get my budget really in line now. So present financial position, I've got to save up cash and I've got to pay down this debt. Check, did that. Sacrificed incredibly, reduced his lifestyle, sacrificed incredibly. Secondly, needed to start saving and play catch up on his investments. So instead of listening to a lot of financial professionals say, you got to save 10 or 15%, he was saving 25 to 30%. And then went and started looking at his retirement plan. And that's when we came into the picture. Okay, is it possible? I thought I'd be able to retire at 62, but now everything's changed. Now what's possible? And, and really, that's sort of those are sort of the three main areas that I tell you you need to consider when you're going through this. Present financial position is, is one of them, um, and, and retirement planning is another big one. What other areas in your financial life really come into focus at this point? Well, we mentioned in the last segment that maybe your employee benefits or your health insurance in particular was covered by that former spouse through their employer. And if you are not working yourself, um, that may be a major consideration as you decide whether or not to go back to work. And if so, uh, what kind of employer would make the most financial sense for you, not just professional satisfaction, that kind of thing. Um, so making sure you get these your, your bases covered, um, I, I think, is really important. And that is not operating without this, this type of health insurance. I, I also think it's really important that as you're going through the divorce process and you know a, a divorce decree is being crafted, recognize what your tax picture is going to look like on the other side as well. You know, uh, we've known of many people in the past who they would bounce back and forth between claiming a, a dependent child, for example, on the tax return. I'll take Johnny or Susie on the, the odd years and you'll take them on the, the even years. Uh, rules are changing and um, you know, one of the differences these days is that it's actually based more on who has um, custodial care. Where, where is that child living for the majority of the year? And so that can have 
significant impact on your tax picture. Just having the child land on your tax return or not on your tax return could potentially mean a $2,000 tax credit that goes away, potentially. Yeah, and I would I I look at this when I when I think about it I I, I create a T chart and I'd say what are the short term issues and what are the long term issues and some of these are both but I mean a short term issue if you've got kids in college right now or heading to college is what does the education plan look like how is that going to change what's going to happen with with the uh, FAFSA and um, what is what are the other issues that I have to deal with as it relates to college planning and the the provision of resources for that? Mm-hmm. I also think of estate planning and a, a situation that's come up just recently again, where some folks are, have just split up that I've been I've been serving. It was I, I mean she she was quite aware of it and she said, okay, we've got update beneficiaries and I've got to get a new will done. In fact. Um, one of the mistakes, we'll talk about this in a second, I'll just tell you, though, one of the mistakes that she made is the divorce attorney said, well, I can update your will and get a new estate plan for you. And um, and that was a mistake. This, this, this attorney was a divorce attorney and very, very um, specialized in that. But then when it came time to do the will, and I, I, I don't, your financial advisor is not an attorney, doesn't provide legal opinion. She shared it with me and said, hey, does this look right? And I said, I can't tell you if it looks right or not, but these are the seven questions you need to go back and ask. And it turns out that the the um, divorce attorney said, yeah, I apologize. And, um, and the client ended up going to an actual um, wow. estate planning attorney to get the new will done. So Good estate planning, estate planning is a, a, a big, a big area of focus, not just for the documents, but for beneficiaries too. That's the one that slips through the cracks, right? You, you forget about that account that you have from a past employer. Your, your, your four hundred one k beneficiary was set to your former spouse, and we've even seen and, and heard stories of folks who maybe someday remarry. And um, the, the tragic story is when after remarrying, they pass away, and that's when you discover whether the beneficiaries were set up correctly or not. Mm-hmm. It's possible that money ends up going to that former spouse as opposed to the current spouse or even the children maybe that are, that are left behind. So don't, don't lose sight of the beneficiaries that you set. Often it has more power to drive um, the, the execution of your game plan more than even the will does. Kevin has said in the past, I, I, it's absolutely true, that when things are either difficult or confusing, we just tend to shy away and, and we don't do anything about it. When you have a blended family, trying to iron out your estate plan and where you'd want money to go sounds impossible and terrible. Who would, who would choose to do that? Um, so, But you've got to. You have to. And that's where, again, working with a certified financial planner who can um, Kevin, what do we say? Hit, hit you with the velvet hammer, encourage you, uh, motivate you to say, hey, we're going to, how can I help you with this? Uh, well, you kind of can't. Well, I'll just keep holding you accountable. Hey, we've got to get this set up. You guys have to make some decisions about this so that you have clear intentions and everything's laid out there. You know, uh, earlier you mentioned the, the process of splitting assets, Mike. And, you know, obviously this is what the divorce decree ultimately declares is who gets what after the relationship has has ended, often that involves or, or it forces you to make some new investment decisions as well. If if suddenly you are now the owner of half of your former spouse's 401k, 
it may or may not be invested in a way that is appropriate for you moving forward because you don't know how the rest of the portfolio was once structured. There may be some imbalances that are created when you're only managing part of the pie. So retooling, rethinking how you're going to approach the, the investments that you're now left to care for is a really important step that you don't want to miss along the way. I mean, that's that's really where the couple big mistakes start. But I'm gonna I'm gonna sit I'm gonna have you sit on the edge of your seat for a second. Um, I, but to touch on that, I mean, those are some decisions that maybe you didn't have to make in the past when when you and your spouse when you guys were married. Maybe maybe the your your spouse is the one that made the investment decisions and how are things structured. Now all of a sudden new assets are thrust in under your care and you've got to make some decisions you might not feel qualified or feel comfortable doing that and again working with a, a certified financial planner will help so all right what are the big mistakes going through this process gosh i'm thinking of two that i've seen several make we're going to help uh, point those out so you avoid them that and more coming up here on wise money with corhorn financial group is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. As I personally have had the opportunity to help folks financially as they navigate the very difficult and emotional um, uh, transition of a divorce, there is one mistake that I've seen over and over and over again, and it's one that many attorneys aren't even aware of and they sort of lead people right into. We've got that coming up here. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, joining us online actually from Atlanta, Georgia, Kevin Corhorn. Um, If you are not watching on the YouTube channel, I'd encourage you to check out the show and the content there. Even while Kevin's in Atlanta, we are video recording both the show and him there, and every episode is right there on the YouTube channel. So find us at The Wise Money Show and subscribe to the show there. We're going to be pushing out new videos and other content, so make sure you hit that notification button as well so that you're up to date on all new content that's pushed out that way. All right, so um, let's talk about some of the big mistakes, financial mistakes, that people make when they're going through this just awful transition. And it deals with splitting assets, in particular retirement accounts. Um, it seems sort of obvious that, let's say, in a in a marriage, you've built up the asset of your house, but then you've built up, let's just keep the math easy for my sake, um, $100,000 in a retirement account. All right, well, we're splitting things evenly. So we each get half the house, theoretically, and we each take that, let's take that 100000 retirement account and cut it in half. I'll give you 50 and I'll keep 50. Well, when you take money out of a retirement account, who has an IOU? Uncle Sam. And I have just seen so many attorneys just turn a blind eye to the way to structure that where it's not taxable. And they just say, well, so-and-so, you've got to take this money out of your IRA or out of your 401k and give it to the other person. And all of a sudden, they are clobbered with taxes. In fact, I even heard one attorney then draw up, all right, so here's the plan for how you guys are going to pay the taxes. Here's how we're going to make that even. No, there is a way for you to structure that so it's not a taxable event. 
You're, you're exactly right. One of the other uh, similar mistakes that I see people uh, getting into quite often uh, is just getting behind on taxes in general. You know, I mean, it is just flat out expensive to go through the divorce process. There are legal fees at every turn. And um, no, no matter how quick and fast it goes, there's still expenses. And sometimes what gets pushed to the back, back burner are maybe uh, quarterly estimates or, or not staying on top of your tax picture. Uh, you know, sometimes in a married uh, situation where two spouses are both working, they may or may not be both paying into federal and state taxes equally or, or proportionately even. And so when suddenly those two um, incomes are separated onto two separate tax returns, it's possible that maybe you are the spouse that was kind of under withholding. And now you're left realizing the first time you go to file your tax return that uh, maybe you made the mistake that Mike just mentioned, but you also maybe made the mistake of taking your eye off the ball with your taxes because you've been distracted with so many other things during the transition. One of the basic needs that Josh mentioned is you got to figure out housing. Another mistake is is seeing someone take all of the retirement money out paying the taxes to to avoid a mortgage or something like that or to stay in the house that's one of the other mistakes is i got to stay in the house well i i i know i mean but and it's hard to move and you might not be able to move or whatever but staying in the big house or, or with a big payment and big property taxes just on your own might be a huge mistake yeah when when a retirement plan is split the it's called a qualified domestic relations order. And that's the way to split. So in this case, if the wife has that retirement plan with a hundred thousand in it, and it's going to, the assets are going to be split 50, 50. So now the wife's retirement plan is cut in half and half goes to the husband. The husband can take that money out and pay taxes on it. He'll have to pay income taxes. So federal and state, if you have a state income tax, um, but the, the one thing that goes away there is the, um, the 10% penalty if, I, if I'm doing it before 59 and a half. And so a lot of times it's tempting um, to say, hey, I'm just going to take the money out. I'm going to do something with the money. I'm going to pay off my car. I'm going to put it on my mortgage. I'm going to fill in the blank. And I would encourage you to have a, a, just an incredible plan for every dollar before you take any action, because it'd be easy to um, take that money out and get it out of a tax deferred position and then realize later, hey, I needed that money in a tax deferred position in order to reach my financial goals, or I needed that in an IRA because I'm the spouse that has little or no taxes due on an ongoing basis. And I could be converting that IRA money to a Roth IRA. So there are all kinds of planning considerations that you don't want to give up options if it's at all avoidable. That's right. I mean, you're, you're talking about not um, accidentally giving up some of the benefits of tax deferral or keeping certain money into certain tax shelters. I'd also just remind folks that you have to be careful to not start earmarking money that really should be for a long-term goal like retirement 
for short-term needs or maybe wants. Um, even if it's a need potentially that's tied to the children, for example. It, it is a financial reality that um, in some way, somehow, the, the children um, going through the, the divorce as well, financially there could be implications to them, especially when it comes to college. It may be harder for the two spouses separately to help out with college expenses uh, as compared to if they were still all one family together. And so it may be tempting to say, you know what, I, I'm just going to use some of that retirement money to, to alleviate some of the financial impact on the kids. I, I want this to be, um, I want them to be as unaffected as possible. And what you may be doing, unfortunately, is bankrupting your own future um, because you want to, to make sure that the kids are are taken care of. That is the right heart. Yeah. It's the right approach. And certainly it's one of the unfortunate realities of, of a divorce situation that sometimes the kids are impacted. But um, you, you need to, to provide the best benefit possible, the best life for them possible without making major financial mistakes for your own long term as well. We, uh, we don't have time to go into it right now. We had a great lengthy discussion about a huge mistake during, uh, during the break that you can check on YouTube, but it's about fighting for a win and, and, f- and trying to force someone else to lose because if you're not fighting for win-win, there's only one person that's going to win, and that's likely the attorney. No offense to all you attorneys listening. Um, all right, so if you, if you have never gone through this transition and you're listening right now thinking, I'll never, I'll never go through that transition, what advice do we have for you then? And I would tell you, invest in your marriage. Let me give you an example where this is hard for me. You might have found this out. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a financial hoarder, if you, if you will. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to spend money now. I, I'm, um, I'm a little less stingy these days, but there was a time when we came into some dollars and it was either a gift or tax refund or something. And I do the planning and, and try to keep Cindy up to speed as well. Um, but I do the planning. And, and one of the things I was I was laying out what we were going to do with this money. And I had it all laid out. And we were watching TV and I just kind of updated Cindy. And that's one of the things that I do, just keep her informed, even though I do the number crunching and said, all right, this money, we've got it set aside in the savings. And she just gently, but but had the courage to say, we haven't been on a vacation in a while. Do you, do you think we could put some of that money in the vacation fund? And she was right. She, she, was, <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was right. Now, there are times when you might think that, and actually it does need to be saved. But we talked about the goals and in and, and our situation, and, and, she, and she was right. So that, that was a way, it was hard, it was a way for me to invest in our marriage to, to have memories like that. That's exactly the right answer. I mean, um, it, it is one of the most important relationships in your entire life. And um, unfortunately, this whole life is geared towards um, chipping away and tearing at that fabric. So if you're not constantly trying to do the repair work and the preventative work, then um, the, the slow deterioration is an ultimate risk for all of us. All right, we're going to put the wraps on this, uh, on this suddenly single moment. And we've got a great question from Rebecca. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, uh, Josh Gregory. Kevin Corhorn is joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks for being with us. If you've missed anything, I'd encourage you, you can find every episode of the show, as well as this one, on podcasts, also on YouTube. Just search Wise Money Show, and wherever you're at, I'd encourage you to subscribe to it, rate the show as well, post any comments and, and all that. Turn on notifications. We're doing more and more content, videos pushing that stuff out, and so you hit that notification button, and you'll be up to speed at all time with all content. All right, we are putting the wraps here on um, the second... Uh, the second part of our three-week series on being suddenly single and the financial planning ramifications that follow and how you pick up the pieces and move forward. And before we transition into a great question from Rebecca, Kevin, how would you, how would you summarize what we've talked about today about being suddenly single due to an, a, a divorce? Uh, well, I would look, if we look at the distribution across the bell curve, there's, there's a, several groups that we're talking to. One would be married one would be I'm getting divorced, another would be divorced. So if you fall, and, and there are other categories other than that, but if you fall into one of those three, if you're married right now, I'm just gonna repeat something from the last segment. It is invest heavily in your marriage and make this your last marriage. No matter how many times you've been married, make this marriage your last one. And that requires a lot of things. Marriage is like an empty box. and the only way to get stuff out of it is to put stuff into it. And so you have to be very intentional putting stuff in and investing in your marriage. And that's how you're going to end up getting things out of it. Um, if you're in the process of getting divorced, um, our heart goes out to you. We um, are believers in redemption and redemption stories. Um, but if this is your path right now, we want to just encourage you and give you hope and tell you hey make sure you're doing the hard work on with the with your financial life because if you don't and you end up number one divorced and number two in a financial hole and the second one was avoidable um, you're going to have regrets and it's it's not going to go well for you so i want to encourage you get help get your advocate someone who's helping you um, figure out what a win-win is going to look like. Strive for that. Strive for that with your um, spouse who's going to be your ex-spouse and make sure you're working with a certified financial planner. If you're divorced, um, I would work with your financial planner and say, listen, we need to paint on the canvas a different picture. It's a different picture now than the picture before you were divorced. And that can be horribly painful. And the idea of that might just um, stop you in your tracks. I would encourage you to just take the next step. I would encourage you that there's hope. And once you get into it and you start doing the work, if you're working with the right person, that work will actually um, bring healing and it will give you energy. So I would say go find that financial planner, make sure they're certified, 
make sure they're squarely in your corner and they are going to support you and help you do the things that you want to get done anyway. Very well said. All right. Great job. All right. Let's transition here. Uh, I've got a great question here. Rebecca's a friend of mine, lives in uh, Washington, D.C., and we were talking the other day, and she had this question. I said, oh, that's great for the show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it out there for other people to, to hear the answer as well. But So here's what she asked. Having all of my investment accounts at one company, like a Fidelity or a Charles Schwab, something like that, having all of my investment accounts at one company seems like having all my eggs in one basket. Is that is that correct? Am I thinking about that right? Should I be nervous about that? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And I'm not sure if the nervousness is just fear of some sort of financial shenanigans going on or, or what. But this question of what is true diversification or how do you truly achieve diversification? We, we hear the phrase, don't have all your eggs in one basket. And sometimes that leads people to say, uh, therefore, I need to have multiple financial advisors. I've got to keep them honest. I'm, I'm remembering a gentleman by the name of Jim who's since passed away, but I, I worked with Jim for years and years. And for the first maybe five years, he had at least two advisors and he would uh, take my advice to his other advisor and he would bring his other advisor's advice to me. And he was kind of fact checking and he, he wanted to see how um, how the advice would be playing out. Ultimately, Jim came to the conclusion, and I think it was the wise one that sounds biased to say this, but he settled on having one advisor. And, and I, I'm thankful and I was honored that I got to play that role in his life. But um, what I think we were able to achieve was actually better diversification of his investments by having a, a single game plan for his overall financial life. Instead of going to multiple professionals and each one having their own version of what they think your future uh, could look like or how to, how to achieve that ideal future, instead have one picture of the future and align all of your financial strategies and game plan, including your investments, towards mm -hmm. achieving that one, one goal. And honestly, I believe that after he made the switch and, and we were helping him to manage his entire portfolio, the diversification of the underlying investments went way up because we were able to help guide him on all of the areas instead of him having some money tucked away over here and uh, you know us only controlling or, or guiding just part of the portfolio. Yeah, I think it's a great question, Rebecca. And the world of personal finance is oftentimes very confusing. But when you look at having all of your investment accounts in one company, a lot of times people think, okay, if I've got all my investment accounts at Schwab, I need to be diversified. Well, you Schwab is actually a custodian. So you likely don't have any investment in Schwab. If you're at Fidelity, you don't have any investment in Fidelity itself. Fidelity is a, a privately held company. Now you might have some Fidelity funds, but the when you look at diversification, I look at there's a consolidation diversification. I would want to consolidate my financial advice. I would want to diversify my investments. And by diversifying my investments, that can be at a single custodian. And quite often, that is going to serve you best to have all of your investments at one custodian, but diversified at that custodian. Because if you have your money 
custody, that fidelity, you don't have an investment in fidelity. You just, that's just the, the basket that holds your investments. That's right. And, and so I, I think part of this is, well, then what do these financial nerds mean by diversification? And diversification is really having your investments invested in different areas. So I, I would say asset classes. So U.S. stocks, even large, large U.S. stocks versus mid-U.S. stocks, mid-cap or small-cap U.S. stocks, international, real estate, you know, short-term bonds, uh, intermediate bonds, inflation-protected bonds. That's the diversification that's important because the, the reason why we care about that is not all of those baskets tend to move in the same direction at the same time. That's what we want. That's, that lack of correlation or or less correlation where they all move in the same direction at the same time, that's what we're striving towards. And so you can achieve that diversification by using different investments all within the same company, and you really shouldn't feel more at risk there because we're getting that that diversification of the, your investments. So uh, You're exactly right. And, you know, we've, we've mentioned a couple names today, uh, Schwab or Fidelity, they're, you know, TD Ameritrade. You, you hear these names maybe on the TV, and uh, Kevin described them as a custodian. Their sole job is just to hold your resources for you and uh, uh, give a platform or, or a tool for you and your financial advisor to be able to make investment decisions within the account. They are there to help keep the money safe. It is There, there are so many rules in place to protect you from... Uh, theft. There are a lot of watchdogs looking over these custodians as well. And uh, it, that's important. That's what went wrong with the Bernie Madoff story so many years ago. People were sending their money to him, yeah. to his company, as opposed to an investment middleman whose sole job is to, to watch and protect. That's right. All right. Thanks for the question, Rebecca. All right. That is all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening. And, and uh, hopefully this show was helpful. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and really all of us at Corhorn Financial Group. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.